Hello Team NXT, CD, Danny Mac here bringing you episode 91 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. We are on the trail towards TakeOver Toronto 2, and if there's one thing Vince McMahon and I have in common, it is alliteration. So that brings you the title of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and coming back. I do appreciate the continued support. Been a little hectic trying to get this show back on schedule. That's why I haven't been saying I will talk to you next week. At the end of the show, I've been saying I'll talk to you next time, and next time is finally here. It is August 9th, the day right before TakeOver Toronto 2, and a very special weekend. My grandmother's birthday happens to be on the day of TakeOver Toronto 2, and one of my best friends also, lots of Leos uh, in my in my friends and family circle, so a special shout out there. Um as far as the show's format is going to go, I'm going to try and cover a little bit of miscellaneous mayhem happening in the world of NXT, and at the end we'll do a little bit of a how we got to each and every match on this TakeOver Toronto 2 card, and followed by a prediction for what is to come, but there are a few key elements and rivalries happening outside of the TakeOver Toronto 2 card. And let's start off with a big one, a big re-debut as uh, as Matt Riddle would put it, for a particular superstar. This would follow Matt Riddle's very good match with Arturo Ruas, formerly known as Adrian Jode. Riddle and Ruas, obviously, with some Evolve wrestling history. This match had a particular mixed martial arts vibe, which I really enjoyed it. This was back on July 17th, by the way, if anybody wants a time frame. Really stand-up fighting, submission-heavy match, and a knee to the face following a flurry of elbows would secure the victory for Matt Riddle in this match. But a really unexpected attack by a returning, re-debutting, Killian Dane. Killian Dane, as we all know, the former monster of sanity. A little bit of an IRA sort of keeping that sanity vibe based on his most recent vignettes and a lot of us a lot of us were wondering how and why he would come back onto the NXT scene and obviously targeting the original bro in this situation an absolutely vicious post-match attack even topping all of this off a senton through the entrance stage not something I could ever recall happening on an NXT set Killian Dane dropping 300 plus pounds of a senton onto Matt Riddle. This will put Matt Riddle out for a couple days, but Matt Riddle will be seen again going right back to training as the King of Bros does. He does have an unbelievable training method and work ethic, so one attack would not stop him from re-emerging onto the scene. And one simple message would follow this training entrance promo, whatever we want to call it, Essentially telling Killian Dane, come at me, bro. And this most recent episode of NXT, we would see this unfold. We would see a decided match between Matt Riddle and Killian Dane scheduled. However, Riddle and Killian Dane would not get this exact matchup. It would begin with a divide and a blindside by the Beast of Belfast. Killian Dane absolutely laying in to Matt Riddle once again on the August 7th edition of NXT. At least I think I'm getting that right. Yeah, the August 7th edition of NXT this most recent week. So this rivalry, 
and every NXT takeover will have the respective titles defended as well as a high-profile rivalry matchup. And based on how things were going, I really thought we were going to get Killian Dane versus Matt Riddle on a takeover stage. However, I'm very, very excited to also report that not this match, but Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae would make its way onto the takeover card. And that is definitely a rivalry I want to jump into just a little bit later. But Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane, it's an unexpected matchup. It's a rivalry that you didn't know you needed to see until it's laid out in front of you. We know this will be a hard-hitting affair when these two actually do get their hands on each other in a more formal and sanctioned environment because the blind sides are not being too well received by the King of Bros, but Killian Dane and Sanity always had a message of chaos and clearly Killian Dane wants to keep that image and wants to keep that message behind all of this. Victories short-lived for Matt Riddle after facing Ruas, Killian Dane with this absolute vendetta against the OG king of the bros. Not a rivalry we expected, not one that ever thought, but it is a very big clash of personalities. Matt Riddle and his laid-back demeanor are forced to really step up and step into the chaos laid out by Killian Dane, and this rivalry will continue post-NXT TakeOver Toronto, and it's definitely something to keep your eyes on in the world of NXT. And a few talents to also keep your names out, keep your ears open for, keep your ears open for the names, and keep your eyes on the in-ring ability displayed on in the NXT Breakout Tournament. Tournament has been a success in my eyes, really given the guys who are on the NXT live circuit a chance to uh, a chance to really break out and get their television exposure time. We are down to the finals here. We do have some resurging talents. We saw Joaquin Wild face Shane Thorne, and I do want to talk about Shane Thorne, the former half of TM61 with his partner Nick Miller. Nick Miller. Um, opting to go back to Australia, released from his contract in NXT, dealing with some family matters and being a dad based on what I uh, what I recall reading. So all the best to Nick Miller and Shane Thorne really taking this opportunity to say, why are we having this breakout tournament? We have stars on NXT like myself waiting for their opportunity to break out. Shane Thorne taking umbrance and exception to this breakout tournament premise would take these grievances directly to a breakout tournament contender in Joaquin Wilde. Joaquin Wilde, he's got some very, very great gear going on in his entrance, really Ali-esque in the grand scheme of WWE main roster things going on, but Wilde has this cosmic superstar sort of character, and I really dig it. The guy's got some real unique an innovative offense coming from him, but Shane Thorne would take any means necessary to walk out with this win. It was a very wild match. Thorne would deliver the battle and take it to the outside, a series of dives, and would finish it up in the ring with a major knee and secure himself a victory. Shane Thorne also would walk through the Full Sail parking lot, still ranting and raving about how much he dislikes this concept of a breakout tournament even despite the fact that he had just beaten one of the contenders. Uh, 
All of this coming after Shane Thorne calling out the entire tournament and taking over the announce table for just a matter of minutes. And uh, you take away some commentary time from Moro, you're going to get some heat with me. So I thought that was a really cool segment for Shane Thorne to get. But jumping into the tournament itself in the semifinals stage, we have Angel Garza taking on Jordan Miles, and Miles' facial expressions are absolutely golden. I love the expressions. I love his enthusiasm and the way he puts out this anime character brought into a wrestling ring. I really dig his gimmick. I really dig his style, and uh, Jordan Miles definitely a breakout in this tournament of breakouts. Angel Garza. Angel Garza is not a fan of the male fans in Full Sail University, just kind of side-swiping and uh, side-eyeing some very famous Florida wrestling fan out there and just shortchanging him on a high-five and going right up to a female fan, giving a very tender kiss to a Full Sail Faithful's hand. So Angel Garza, real bit of a ladies' man, and I'm really, really digging this guy's look and the way he performs in the ring as well. He's very clever, literally pulls the rug out from his opponents, and I thought this was a really good back and forth. Garza and Miles' styles really complemented each other. Miles can fly, but would get drop-kicked and smacked up by Angel Garza. After a lot of back and forth, Miles displaying what I perceived as unexpected confidence and strength, delivering a deadweight German suplex, picking up the W, and moving in to the finals of this tournament. The semifinals matchup that we're most looking forward to would be Bronson Reed versus Cameron Grimes. That is slated to be the hoss fight of this breakout tournament. Some strong strikes out of the Australian strong style practitioner of Bronson Reed. Cameron Grimes, a product of the Hardy compounds, also a big man with a lot of strength behind him in his own right. Grimes, with a big double stomp, would turn the momentum against Bronson and pick up a W for Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes versus Jordan Miles, really not the finals I expected in this breakout tournament, and really thought the finals of the breakout tournament would take place another match. I thought it would be slated for the TakeOver Toronto 2 card. Not happening, but for the finals of a tournament to wrap up in full sail, we've seen Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic tournaments finalized that way and lead to some big promising things. The winner of this tournament getting a title shot of their own choosing, very similar to when Velveteen Dream won the World's Collide tournament earlier this year. So we could see another rise in the prestige of the North American Championship out of all of this. People might want to, the winner of this tournament might say, I don't want to step up to the Undisputed Era at this moment. I want to be the North American Champion. I want to step up to the very best that are vying for that very title. And that title's, that title status is up in chaos in its own, a Triple threat match between defending CHAMP, the Velveteen Dream, Roderick Strong, the Undisputed Era representative in this title match, and a reappearing Pete Dunne in Full Sail University would make his presence and title opportunities and title aspirations, I should say, known. 
in in this upcoming Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne have so much history in NXT. I can't wait to dive into it once I get towards the TakeOver card. Getting a little sidetracked, as you probably could have guessed, I appreciate you listening because there is no format to the show this week. I am bouncing around in what we have to discuss here. Um, Another recent match in NXT to impress me was Kushida taking on another reappearance in Full Sail University in Apollo Crews. Great chemistry between two past opponents who I'm sure have met in Dragon Gate. Cruz can really go when he gets the chance. Do not forget that he was an NXT title contender against Finn Balor a couple years back. He has a takeover victory under his belt in his own right over Tyler Breeze. And Apollo Cruz has stepped up on the big stage when it comes to his NXT contendership and competitive history. But this would not stop the time splitter known as Kushida. Kushida continues his success through his unorthodox and submission-based style. And this match would end with a rolling armbar from the top rope transitioning into a hoverboard lock. It definitely takes two men to tango when delivering such an impressive move, especially being able to deliver it safely. Kushida picking up another victory in his undefeated conquests through NXT. I do want to jump into another re-debut in this situation, a returning a returning Fandango. Yes, you heard me correctly. A returning Fandango would step up to assist his partner, Tyler Breeze, and Tyler Breeze versus the Forgotten Sons in the world of fashion and appearance definitely makes sense. I'm not sure how much you guys might have picked up of my refrigerator in the background, so I'm going to apologize for that right here. But Tyler Breeze stepping up to the biggest of the savages in the Forgotten Sons in Jackson Riker. Jackson Riker's power would be too much for Tyler Breeze at times in this matchup, but Breeze is a smart competitor. He's a veteran not just in NXT. NXT veterans, very hard to come across. Just ask Aaliyah and Tyler Breeze in this situation, but a very smart competitor would win this match via a reversal roll-up, able to outsmart the power of Jackson Riker, but the numbers game when you're dealing with Forgotten Sons can not be forgotten. Fandango would return, and Dango would be absolutely unchained laying out the Forgotten Sons, looking real jacked, looking real strong. Fandango is back, And the Fashion Files may return. I'm hoping we get some NXT vignettes for turning of those. Probably one of my favorite um, segments to come about in recent history of SmackDown. And Fandango really laying it out on the line here. And really coming back strong. And for Breezango to reunite, especially in the world of NXT, really means a lot. We don't know what the status of the tag team division is going to be come TakeOver Toronto. So getting new and reunited teams and rivalries outside of the title division, very important right now. And Fandango returning and Dango looking as good as he does, very important. And I'm wishing him all the very best right now. We would get a post-debut interview with Miss Queen Kathy Kelly. And Fandango laying out some hard news to his to his partner Tiger Breeze, laying that the fashion sense is whack as the kids would say. But that brings Fandango and Breezango back 
and we would have Brizango reimagined. And for the big pre-show, post-show matchup, we're getting at TakeOver Toronto filmed in the same arena, but not to take place until after the event as far as canonically and airing in the world of NXT. We will see the Forgotten Sons represented by presumably Steve Culler and Wesley Blake to take on the returning reimagined Breezango. All right, let's jump into the TakeOver Toronto card because I am a little pressed for time. It's it's very crazy trying to manage current work schedule and getting some recording time in and trying to get all of this out before we sit down to watch the impressive events that we know TakeOver Toronto 2 is going to be. Let's start off with that rivalry outside of the title picture, a reinvigorated and reimagined in her own right and complete polar opposite to what we are used to, coming from Io Shirai, taking on Candice LeRae. And first things first, I could not be happier for Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae to be performing on the very same TakeOver card. Imagine being a married couple and getting to say you're competing as pro wrestlers on the very same big spotlighted event that we know takeovers are to be. It really just brings a tear to my eye. But jumping into how this rivalry all began, Io Shirai and Candice LeRae, as of TakeOver 25, had a very strong friendship and relationship. Candice LeRae would even come to Io Shirai's aid when Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke made their presence known during the TakeOver 25 title match against Shayna Baszler. Shayna would retain and Io Shirai would get her own vengeance with a steel chair, leading to a steel cage match to take place at Full Sail University just a couple of weeks later. Candace would continue to show her support for her friends when the Queen's Army numbers game would jump up and try and stagger the the momentum of Io Shirai reclaiming claiming the NXT Women's Championship. And Candace would come in with that very steel chair that Io Shirai used for a moonsault to take out Shayna post-match. This, probably the first planting of seeds for Io Shirai's new character. We've never seen her act like this before, so on and so forth. And that really came to a head when Shirai took out Candace inside of that steel cage. Candace taking exception to this would not be seen for a couple of weeks. And Candace would even go as far as to take a very, very controversial page out of her husband's playbook and waiting for Io Shirai in the Full Sail parking lot. Those Garganos in their parking lot attacks really, uh, really can't be, uh, they, they can't be overlooked. It seems to be a very popular strategy for, for these two. William Regal claiming that she would not find what she wants out there and granting this match to take place at TakeOver Toronto 2. Um, amidst all this, Casey Catanzaro would get would get an opportunity to step into the ring against Io Shirai, and Shirai would continue to snap on Casey. So it's not just Candice, it was Casey as well. Candice would come to the rescue, bringing about that very familiar steel chair. And I don't know why I'm getting all these notifications in the middle of me trying to discuss a very pivotal matchup in the women's division. So Candice versus Io Shirai 2.0. Candice LeRae been known to perform in front of the big crowds, but not exclusively on the TakeOver card. We've seen Candice in the big stadium pre-show, post-show matches before, but this is the first time I can recall her being featured 
on the TakeOver Toronto card in an actual match. We all know of the past history when she was unfortunately just pigeonholed in as Mrs. Gargano for a bit amidst the Tommaso Ciampa rivalry, but this is Candice's real chance to shine, real chance to step up and prove why she's not just one of the best women's wrestlers, in my opinion, but why she's Johnny Gargano's favorite wrestler. I think that might be a little bit of a bias there, but that's not one for me to judge. He even claims that even before they were together, she was one of his favorite all-time wrestlers. But this new personality and new aggressive side of Io Shirai should not be overlooked. Shirai has snapped. It's not something we expect out of very popular Japanese acts, especially in the world of NXT, but we've seen Asuka with her controversial methods to overcome Ember Moon in the past, even going as far back as one of my first shows, which was this TakeOver Orlando, where that very match took place. So Shirai is not not the same we know coming out of the Mae Young Classic, or really, really this is a brand new side to most Io Shirai fans. I know my my limited knowledge of her in Japan, I did not see her act like this. Nobody really knows how or why she just claims she doesn't need any friends. She's in it for herself. And that's hard to overlook. Shirai's new aggression, Candice dipping into a side that she has not been known for in this unleashed aggression, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that a steel chair could be a very major factor in this matchup. I sense suspicion, but really, laced up with aggression in this women's matchup, I don't think that Io Shirai and her current mindset could be stopped. I don't see this ending cleanly. I don't see this ending without controversy, but I do see it ending with this new, reinvigorated, and aggressive Io Shirai walking out with the victory. Jumping into tag team action, we have the Street Profits taking on Undisputed Era, represented by Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish the tag team representation of the Undisputed Era, and I think it's the best way to tag team represent Undisputed Era. We know of Red Dragon's history, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, known through the tag team universe, and the Street Profits continuing their momentum and positivity, but have been featured quite a bit on Monday Night Raw, and the seeds are kind of planted for them to already not be NXT tag team champions anymore. This whole match would really come about through a informal challenge by Undisputed Era after the Street Profits successfully defended their titles against the one-two punch known as Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. Street Profits would accept this challenge and it would all come ahead in a formal contract signing. Everybody's throwing around jokes on this August 7th edition of NXT. O'Reilly Auto Parts getting a free plug and sponsor to make a joke at Bobby at Kyle O'Reilly's expense and Lawrence Fishburne, not a reference you would expect on NXT, but the fish name, last name being right there, kind of hard to not make that reference. Undisputed Era would tout their tag team history and success in NXT's tag team division, being former two-time 
Tag Team Champions and looking to break that record that they currently have tied with The Revival this coming Saturday. Street Profits claiming that losing is no option. They are here to win and win and win and win and bring the titles with them to Monday nights as they have been. It's it's hard to overlook Street Profits being so prominently featured on Monday Night Raw, and I really wish that wasn't affecting my judgment on how I look at this matchup. Undisputed Era's promise to walk out with all of the gold and to be draped in gold in 2019. Just those two factors put together, I'm going with Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish walking away with the win on this one. Jumping into North American Championship Opportunity, Velveteen, D-R-E-A-M, the C-H-A-M-P, versus the returning Bruiserweight, the longest reigning champion in the modern era, former WWE United Kingdom champion Pete Dunne, taking on Roderick Strong, the Undisputed Era representative in this matchup. Roderick Strong making his claim that he has beaten past contenders like Tyler Breeze, claiming that he has won against Velveteen Dream before, pinning him in a tag team title match. I don't know why I keep getting... Of course, people want to text me about TakeOver coming up tonight as I'm recording an episode and trying to put out my thoughts right now. So if my friends would just wait a matter of moments, I'm going to try and get this out before TakeOver on Saturday. Ideally, I'll get this out as soon as I'm done recording. But leave me alone. Twitter, text messages, leave me alone. Let me get to the end of this predictions episode. Uh, Velveteen Dream's momentum. I don't want it to be stopped. I don't want Velveteen Dream to lose NXT gold because then the question of, oh, is he getting moved up to Raw and SmackDown? That's also up in the air. Luckily, he has not been featured yet like the Street Profits have, so there is no seeds planted there. Roderick Strong could end up looking like the weak link of Undisputed Era, not walking out with the championship gold. That's one way this match could also go. Pete Dunne could look to continue his long-reigning title history with a brand new championship in the North American title. Pete Dunne would be the first NXT superstar to get the chance to represent two different continents. So I think that's an impressive headway he can uh, he can build on also. Hard to overlook... The possibility of Velveteen Dream losing this championship because the man does not need to be pinned to lose his North American title. Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong's history goes way back. Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong were a successful tag team during the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Tournament. This would, of course, lead to Roderick Strong turning on Dunne, and Dunne is the very factor that Roderick Strong would use to join the Undisputed Era and align himself with his comrades in the Dude Crew. So Dunn getting pinned by Roderick Strong for Velveteen Dream to lose his championship is the route that I think I'm going with this prediction. I really, I do think that the prophecy gets fulfilled. And I know I'm giving away my NXT championship match, and as much as it pains me to root against Johnny Gargano, I really think this prophecy being fulfilled in the summer, SummerSlam weekends, one of the biggest weekends in WWE pay-per-view history throughout the year. I think that this big promise and this really ideal situation for the Undisputed Era 
I think it's entirely possible for it to come through without the DREAM losing his championship. Roderick Strong pinning Pete Dunne to walk out with the North American Championship is my prediction, but Velveteen Dream not losing his NXT gold and not getting moved from the black and gold brand is my absolute hope. So that's that's North American. We have the tag team title picture. We have the women's outside of the title picture. We are being graced with two very high-profile women's matchups on a TakeOver card, and that alone really brings a smile to my face. Mia Yim, the HBIC, steps up to the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler, and the submission magician hopes to pull out another trick in a title defense. The best thing about this current Shayna Baszler title situation, in my opinion, what makes Mia Yim so different than Shayna Baszler's most recent and past opponents. Going back, Ember Moon, war goddess. We know her aggression. We know how much she was willing to go through and take to Shayna Baszler in this contention opportunity. Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai, not exactly known for their aggressive side, but Shayna Baszler in her attitude and in her sneak attacks and in these numbers games that she was able to bring with Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke brought out an aggressive side in Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai. These killer instincts that Shayna Baszler already possessed were brought out and mirrored directly on these two opponents. Mia Yim is already starting with an upbringing and a childhood and a teenager phase and an early wrestling career that brought out and really harnessed this already aggressive side. Mia Yim is coming in, in my opinion, two steps ahead on the aggression level that Shirai and Sane have been forced to bring out through their rivalry with Shayna Baszler. Mia Yim is stepping into this title opportunity already with that known, already with that mindset, already with that killer instinct. And that could not be have more put on display than when she took out Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir. Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir getting their own head and arm and shoulder and all sorts of nasty injuries at the hands of the HBIC. Taking a page out of the Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano playbook, Jasmine Duke would get, I'm sorry, Marina Shafir would get jumped coming out of, I believe was a Honda, Hyundai, a some sort of really nice economical sedan, not a car you expect to... Uh, for such a mean uh, mean mixed martial artist to drive, but if you're as conscious about gas mileage as I am, then all of that is very important and very smart in the economic standpoint. Anyway, moving away from the rides, Shafir would get her head and shoulder knocked in by the car door by Mia Yim. Jasmine Duke jumped at the performance center, standing at her locker, getting a locker slammed into her shoulder at the hands of Mia Yim. Mia Yim eliminating the numbers game, walking into this TakeOver Toronto match, wanting to prove that a one-on-one situation, Shayna Baszler is a lot more vulnerable and could have a lot more coming to her than in the past. I really liked the last standoff and promo that Mia Yim and Shayna Baszler were able to deliver to each other. Really short, really succinct, but at the same time, 
really aggressive and really selling the message of this match that this will be an absolute fight. I don't know how many title changes we're going to have in this one. It's very hard to root against Shayna Baszler as much as my morals and fandom wants to. Shayna Baszler always finds a way. This reign of dominance over the NXT women's locker room, I just, it's very hard to ever see this coming to an end. I don't know if it'll be a matter of the numbers game and Duke and Shafir's support. But I think that Shayna Baszler has managed to find a way thus far to lock in the clutch and come in in the clutch to retain her title. I sadly don't think this will be any different in this Mia Yim situation. This already harnessed killer instinct is really going to have to shine for Mia Yim to have a shot at walking out with the NXT Women's title. But Shayna Baszler always finds a way and I really don't think that's going to come across any differently in this matchup, I think Shayna Baszler, by hook or by crook, will come out on top against Mia Yim. To my chagrin, maybe. Would Mia Yim walking out be an unexpected and welcome surprise? Sure. Get the locker room somewhat back on track, and not in this tyrannical overlordship by the Queen of Spades? I'm not saying that result would disappoint me. I'm saying it will surprise me, and my pick here is Shayna Baszler walking out with all of the gold. Two out of three falls. For a second time between Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship. The Adam Cole NXT World Celebration Championship Tour, baby, will continue and go international when it is brought to Chicago. Toronto. Sorry, I have uh, Johnny Gargano's NXT TakeOver Chicago history stuck in my head, I suppose. Well, the Download Festival was international, so I guess... The title has already been overseased around the shoulder of uh, of Adam Cole, so that might be that might be a bit of a moot point. But the cross country international tour championship celebration, however we're phrasing it, um, yeah, that's that's where we're going here. How did this all start? When did we decide that we'd be getting match number three between these two gentlemen? Adam Cole would give a promising opportunity to one of Johnny Gargano's students who he met in Cleveland during his impromptu pizza party, walking around Johnny Gargano's very family's pizzeria shop and just continuing the celebration tour in Cleveland. Tuan Tucker would be brought to full sale for an NXT title shot. Just Adam Cole. No undisputed era. Cole came alone. But unfortunately, Mr. Tucker did not. Johnny Gargano has backup named Johnny Gargano, These two would brawl through the crowd and the arena and the back and the barricade and off the stage and any form of chaos, even going as far as a super kicked and a relentless Gargano escape for Adam Cole, and the magic number might be number three in the course of this rivalry. Match number three, two out of three falls, each man would get the opportunity to pick their own stipulations, and if, and presumably when, this matchup comes to a head and comes down to a third fall, William Regal will get to pick that last stipulation. And a real flip in the scripts on this one. Johnny Gargano going with a match he has a lot of title history in and with. Unsanctioned street fight, no holds barred, hardcore match. Not really false count anywhere, so I'm not sure if I could use hardcore match. Nevertheless, 
Street Fight, first stipulation picked by Johnny Gargano. Adam Cole choosing a stipulation of no stipulation. As much as that makes sense, Adam Cole vowing for a straight-up one-on-one wrestling match, proving that he can beat Johnny Gargano at his very own game. I'm just going to crack beverage here. Shout out to my fellow comedians of Wrestling Podcast listeners. I just cracked a lime LaCroix. So if you're out there listening and you also listen to comedians of Wrestling Podcast, lime. Duh. Back to the match, though. How will this play out? What do I think the last stipulation picked by William Regal will be? I could see the NXT title after all of this that these two men put each other through. Only one way to decide it climb to the top of a ladder and retain or regain the NXT championship. No other decisive way, putting each other through a street fight, putting each other through a pinfall or submission in a one-on-one match. You want the title? Climb up, suspend it, go get it, put it at the very top of a ladder, and let's see if Adam Cole can continue the success of NXT champion Finn Balor in retaining the NXT title in a ladder match, or if this will follow the NXT arrival ladder match between Bo Dallas and Neville. Yes, you heard me. There was a ladder match between Bo Dallas and Neville for the NXT championship. Go back to the very first live events on the WWE Network and watch that match as Neville would take the NXT title from Bo Dallas. So in the history of one-on-one singles matches for the NXT title, we have Finn Balor successfully retaining, Neville successfully claiming a new champion. If this does become a ladder match, this will be a decisive one side or the other because Finn Balor has successfully retained, there's been a new champion crowned in a one-on-one ladder match, But the other two ladder matches in NXT Championship history were for vacant titles, most recently at TakeOver 25 for the tag titles, and going back a little further, the inaugural North American Championship ladder match. So the grand scheme of ladder match history in NXT is a little complicated. One-on-one matches, we have a retain and a new champion. I'm really hoping we get to see a ladder match between these two, because we really can't push this envelope any further. It would be an unexpected unexpected change in the NXT card to just have William Regal say, bring a ladder out, bring a series of ladders out, let's suspend that title, and go get it. So that's my prediction for the third fall. And I kind of gave this prediction away a little earlier, but I do think Adam Cole will successfully retain. This will be a situation that calls for a no disqualification. I think with Undisputed Era... Claiming gold earlier in the night, I think Adam Cole retains. I think Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish can take the titles away from the Street Profits. And I think Roderick Strong, by not pinning the North American champion, can still walk out with the North American championship title. And I do think that Adam Cole will fulfill and reclaim, retain rather, excuse me, keep getting all that shit confused, will retain his title and Undisputed Era We'll celebrate by having four NXT championships at the very head of the ramp by the end of TakeOver Toronto 
two. So Adam Cole wins, Roderick Strong wins, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish win. We fulfilled that prophecy. Io Shirai can beat Candice LeRae through this new aggression. And I do think Shayna Baszler will walk out with the NXT Women's Championship and the tyrannical reign of the Queen of Spades does continue. I know I wanted to dive into a lot more NXT coverage. We have Keith Lee and Damian Priest in a very impressive matchup very recently. We have the Forgotten Sons and Fandango-Brizango rivalry falling out, which I got to touch on. Not in much detail as I would have liked to go into. But it's it's a very busy weekend, and I got to cut this show just a little bit short. But I did want to get my predictions out there to you guys in Team NXT and just able to have this discussion with you guys. I really hope you find time before the TakeOver event or even afterwards to listen in on my predictions and say, boy, Dan, you were really wrong on that one. Or, man, CD, you nailed that one. Great job, great prediction, great discussion. Either way, I love any kind of feedback and just the constant support that I get when I put out an episode. Thank you so much for being on Team NXT and listening to this episode. I really, there's no I in Team NXT. I can't do this without you guys motivating me and reaching out on all forms of social media and just keeping me involved in wrestling conversation and really reaching out when I present some really great topics and just really, really great stuff. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate the support. Whether you're listening from episode 1 or episode 90, I really can't thank you enough for listening to episode 91. This episode will be out sometime before TakeOver Toronto 2. I can't really give a time frame promising when, but I will have it with plenty of time for you guys to listen. It's only 40 minutes, less than an hour. If you listen to this by 6 p.m. on TakeOver Toronto Saturday, you'll still have time to agree or disagree with my predictions. And if you listen to it afterwards, I appreciate that too. I will try and be back sooner rather than later when it comes to the post-TakeOver Toronto 2 review and discussion. Be sure to reach out to me on all forms of social media at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter, my most popular form of communication and reaching out to you guys. So thank you for all the follows and the constant communication you give me and fellow podcast producers. Find me on Facebook, not as active as I'd like it to be. If you've listened to the show before, you know that's not an unheralded statement from me. Um, find me on Instagram at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. I'll try and get a takeover card sort of post up there with a list of all the matches coming from WWE's postings. You'll see pictures of Colin, the Velveteen Dog, who is off taking a nap in his professional wrestling ring-themed bed right now. Hey, buddy. And thank you for the support. Uh, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneBox, CastBox, Android apps, however you listen to these, I just thank you that you take the time. There's a lot of professional wrestling podcasts out there. I cannot thank you enough for listening to this one. I'm CD, Danny Mack, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion. Have a great SummerSlam weekend, and I will talk to you next time.